Welcome to the Find Your Nutrition Podcast. Here, we'll discuss nutrition for health, wellness, and energy for everyday life. Welcome back, everyone. I hope everyone is having a fantastic Tuesday. We have an exciting episode today. We're going to go through an article by the company Levels, which is a company that deals with continuous glucose monitors. So they have a lot of data around different foods and what spikes people's glucose levels. Different people are affected by different foods in different ways, as they mentioned in this article, but a lot of foods do impact people in similar ways, and we'll go through all of the foods on their list today. So just before we get into that, I just had a good dinner, and I want to share that with you. So yesterday I had a pretty high carb day and I felt like doing a day without any carbs today or very low carbs at least. So throughout the day, breakfast and lunch, I really didn't have any carbs with my meals and also for dinner. And it's okay every now and then to go a day or two days without any carbs, um, especially if it's after a day with higher carbs. Um, so yeah, So for dinner, I had something that's not very typical for many families, but it was really good and no carbs, high protein. So I'll share that with you now. So I just marinated some some shrimp uh, with some olive oil and some spices and I grilled that. And then I ate some of that. And when I was eating that, I made some broccoli in the same pan. Also olive oil, a little soy sauce, some spices. And at the end, I made some chicken heart. And it was really good. And I know it's not typical to eat chicken heart or sometimes I also eat a little bit of uh, beef liver. Both beef liver and chicken heart have tons of vitamins and micronutrients that are really important for the body. They're better than any uh, synthetic vitamin that you could take. So if you want to get the cheapest vitamin you can get and the best vitamin you can get, just buy some, some liver or some heart or other organs, which also have a lot of micronutrients and vitamins, and grill it up and, and you can eat that in small amounts. So like I said, I had the shrimp, I had the broccoli, I had some of the chicken heart, and it was a really great dinner. It had lots of protein, also a lot of fat from the olive oil, healthier fats, and pretty much no carbs at all. And I'm fully satisfied and feel really good from that. So it's just a little idea. I know it takes some getting used to eating liver or heart heart is actually much tastier i think than liver but liver once you get used to it can be really good too so it's just an idea and now i'm going to get into the article 110 foods unlikely to spike your blood sugar so it first starts out with a few sentences we all respond differently to food so there's no perfect metabolic ingredient list but these low glycemic foods are a great place to start There's no one-size-fits-all for a metabolically healthy diet. How we each respond to food goes beyond the macronutrient content of the food itself. 
you might respond well to bananas and have a big spike in blood glucose when you eat quinoa or brown rice, while someone else may have the opposite response. Individual differences such as the composition of our gut microbiome, our micronutrient status, how well we sleep, exposure to stress, physical activity, and our genetics can contribute to those unique reactions. In addition, how we consume a food can impact its metabolic response. For example, if we pair it with fat, protein, or fiber, that's basically what we got into in the last episode when we talked about the book Glucose Revolution. They also talk about the order in which we eat things matters too. Having fat or protein before carbs can help blunt a blood glucose spike. So they also talked about that in the Glucose Revolution book. It's in a lot of different sources and studies, so it's very well-known literature at this point. And consuming vinegar or cinnamon before or with a meal can also lower the response. So they're just talking about different factors which can impact the glucose spike that your body has after eating different foods. So they have a big quote here that says, focusing on whole unprocessed foods and avoiding added sugars are the cornerstones of optimal metabolic health. So I think pretty much any diet you choose, whether it's carnivore or keto or Atkins or vegetarian or vegan or whatever it may be, paleo, People will have the best results when they focus on whole foods and unprocessed and avoiding sugars, and I completely agree with that. And I see that with different people and their success stories, even coming from completely different diets. Those are the similarities that that there are between all of these different diets and how people succeed from focusing on one of these diets. And this is how I also reverse my prediabetes is by focusing on whole foods, cutting out most sugars, and yeah, that's how I turn my nutrition around. So let's continue. Many diet approaches can support metabolically healthy eating. We don't endorse any particular diet because we recognize that each of us reacts differently to food and that many factors influence what we eat. However, we can identify several foods that have a low glycemic index and are unlikely to spike your blood glucose levels. Here's a starter list of things you can try. So I'm going to go through the list now, and it starts with vegetables. In general, starchy vegetables are the most likely to raise glucose, as they have relatively high levels of carbs. So some examples of starchy veggies are sweet potatoes, potatoes, corn, and things like that. Leafy green, non-starchy vegetables should serve as the core of any diet. So now is the list of non-starchy veggies that they provide. So it's artichoke, arugula, asparagus, avocado, bok choy, which is really good for soups, by the way, broccoli, broccolini, which I really love, Brussels sprouts, which are great in the oven if you roast them with the right spices and some olive oil, cabbage, carrots, cauliflower, celery, celery root, chard, collards, cucumber, eggplant, endive, fennel, green beans, hearts of palm, jicama, kale, kohlrabi, leeks, lettuce of all varieties, mushrooms, mustard greens, 
going back to mushrooms, this is one that took me a long time to start enjoying. Um, I used to really dislike it as a child and growing up, but in the past few years, I'm starting to warm up to them and even starting to like them. So if you don't like them, give them another chance and maybe you'll start to like them too. Okra, onion, I like to cook everything with onions, so I eat that a lot. Peppers, pumpkin, radishes, um, rhubarb, snow peas and snap peas, spinach, sprouts, summer squash, tomatillos, tomato, turnip, turnip greens, and zucchini. I know that was a long list, so choose the ones you like the most and eat them a lot. I'll go through just quickly again and tell you my favorites. I really love artichoke, arugula, I like putting in salads, broccoli, I love eating in a lot of different ways, either on the pan with some olive oil and some spices or in the oven. I like to cook broccoli though, I don't like it raw. Uh, Brussels sprouts also when they're fresh and they're not frozen. This is one of the few that when they're frozen, I think they're much less tasty, but when they're fresh and you can roast them in the oven, they're much, much better. Cabbage is super versatile. You can cook with it in many different ways and it's a really great vegetable. Carrots, I like eating raw. I like cooking with them. Um, I like to actually grate them and then cook with them. And it kind of almost reminds me of pasta a little bit, which I really like. Cucumbers, I eat raw all the time. I cut them into small pieces and add them to salads. Uh, green beans, I really like string beans, like the thin ones, and adding lemon and olive oil, salt and pepper. Um, onion, like I said, I cook with all the time. Peppers, I eat a lot. Radishes are a good little snack. I have them sometimes. Spinach, sometimes in moderation. I know they do have some oxalates if you eat too much of them, but I do eat it in moderation, totally fine. And zucchini is one of my favorites. I cook zucchini pretty much every week. So now in the article, there's just a little example of someone who ate tofu, onions, radishes, sweet potatoes, broccoli, onion, broccoli, rice, and mango and they had pretty much no glucose spike from that, even though they had the mango and the sweet potato, which has carbs in it, but it's fine because they ate it with a lot of vegetables and tofu for protein. So they were able to have that meal and pretty much have no glucose spike from it. So now we get into nuts and seeds that are unlikely to spike your glucose. So it says, there are a great way to add healthy fats, protein, and micronutrients to any meal or to have as a healthy snack. So chia seeds, I'll give you some examples of how I add these foods into my food. Chia seeds, I put into salads sometimes or into yogurt. Flax seeds, also sometimes I'll put them in either yogurt or salads. Pumpkin seeds, sometimes I'll just eat that plain, but I don't eat it too often. Sesame seeds, sesame seeds I really like. Sometimes I add them to salads as well. Sometimes I toast them first and add them to salads. And then other times I just add some sesame seeds to food after I cook it. So chicken, for example, is a good one for sesame seeds. Almonds, sometimes I'll snack on almonds. Brazil nuts, 
cashews, hazelnuts, macadamia nuts, pine nuts, pine nuts I don't really like, pecans, pistachios, pistachios are some of my favorite, the dry roasted ones with salt on them, by the way, and walnuts. So now we'll get into beans and legumes. So particularly when paired with healthy fat, beans and legumes can be a great source of fiber and protein without a significant spike. That said, some people have a substantial response to beans. Tofu is generally a good choice for not spiking glucose levels. So the examples they give are chickpeas, which I really love. Um, I add them to salad sometimes. Sometimes I roast them in the oven with olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic, paprika, and it comes out really great. And they're really versatile. You can eat them in a lot of different ways and they're really great. Lentils. I like, for example, black lentils and red lentils. I make basically kind of almost like soups with them or dal, which is a famous Indian dish. Black beans, I really like. Kidney beans, I also really like. Edamame, pinto beans, and tofu. So all of these are good examples. If someone's right now trying to reverse prediabetes, for example, maybe eat a bit less of this, but they're definitely really good sources of protein and healthy carbs. And if your body can handle a bit higher amounts of carbs, then go for it. Now we will get into fruits. Many berries have a lower glycemic load and tend to work well for people, while starchy fruits such as bananas and high sugar fruits like dates may lead to blood sugar spikes. Citrus is a great low carb flavor addition to any dish. Generally, fruit paired with a fat and protein like nut butters or full fat unsweetened yogurt and additional fiber, chia seeds, or flax seeds, for example, can help blunt a spike. Also, portion size matters. Keep them small as you learn how your body reacts. So the great fruit examples that you can eat with very little spike in your glucose levels would be blackberries, blueberries, raspberries, and strawberries. I really love all of these and I eat them a lot. Coconut lemon, lime, orange, and kiwi. For example, coconut I put in my yogurt. Lemon I eat a lot. I really, really love lemon. Um, lime, lime I don't eat as much, but I also like it. Orange and kiwi. Kiwi is a great, a great fruit that I just started eating in the past few years, and I wish I would have eaten it sooner. Um, so those are some examples, and you can eat a lot of these fruits and, and like they said, pair them with protein and fat or eat them after eating a meal and you're good to go. Let's get into eggs and dairy. If you choose to eat dairy products, fermented is best. Also avoid low fat options and aim for whole fat and organic. If you use dairy alternatives, avoid sweetened varieties and oat milk. So eggs go for organic, cage-free, kefir, plain unsweetened Greek yogurt. This I buy a lot and I really love Greek yogurt. And now ever since I stopped eating those sugary yogurts and 
reverse prediabetes. That was one of the one of the many things I did to reverse prediabetes was getting rid of those sugary yogurts. Now when I eat yogurt, I just have a high fat Greek yogurt and I put some berries in it, maybe some coconut, maybe some chia seeds, for example, and it tastes great and it's really healthy. Another example is cottage cheese. This is something also that I've tried recently and it's really good. Butter, which is great. I cook with a lot. I cook with only butter and olive oil and that is perfect for me. Ghee, sour cream, and they also say unsweetened nut, seed, and bean milks, excluding oat or rice milk, and unsweetened non-dairy yogurt, excluding oat. So I also eat eggs pretty much every day, and these are all great choices, and you can eat them and not worry about your glucose spikes. Now there's a section about baked goods ingredients. If you want to bake, just swap in these alternative flours and sweeteners for refined wheat, flours, and traditional sugars. So it says to use almond flour, coconut flour as flours instead of normal processed wheat flour. And then it says for sweeteners, you can swap in either monk fruit, stevia, or allulose. So now let's get into pasta. White flour is an ultra-processed food. Try one of these high-fiber alternatives instead. Zucchini noodles, cognac noodles, hearts of palm pasta, chickpea, black bean, or lentil pasta. These spike some people, but not others. So for me, this was one of the most crucial things that I did when I was reversing prediabetes and that was to minimize the amount of pasta I was eating by about 90% let's say and now I eat zucchini noodles very often and when I do want pasta I pretty much always eat chickpea pasta or lentil pasta I did try black bean pasta once and I really did not like the texture of that um, chickpea pasta is pretty good, but it gets a bit soft, but I really love lentil pasta. The texture is really good, or you can get either a mix of lentil and chickpea pasta. I know there's one that I buy that's about 70% lentils and about 30% chickpeas, and that's also a really good choice for me. Um, and they're really great alternatives to normal pasta. I really don't miss normal pasta anymore now because I feel like I found those alternatives that I needed. Now, fish and meat. If you eat animal products, look for organic, grass-fed, antibiotic, and hormone-free options which have higher omega-3s, including but not limited to beef, lamb, and game meats. For seafood, try wild-caught small fish such as sardines, anchovies, or salmon. Now for oil, fats, and sauces. Avoid refined seed oils, for example, safflower oil or canola oil or vegetable oils. That is pretty much agreed upon between all of the experts nowadays, which have damaging linoleic acids, nut butters, and spreads like tahini can be excellent sources of 
healthy fat and protein to pair with other foods. So the list is tahini, which I eat a lot, especially in salads, nut butters, my preference is almond butter, aioli, guacamole, pesto, coconut oil, olive oil, I also use olive oil all the time for salads and for cooking, avocado oil, and MCT oil. I know a lot of people put MCT oil in coffee, which is a totally fine choice. Flavorings and treats, they say extra dark chocolate 88% or higher is a good choice and probably won't spike your glucose levels, and cocoa powder. And lastly, they say remember everyone's ideal metabolic diet is different. There's no guarantee that any of these items will produce a low glycemic response for you. However, focusing on whole unprocessed foods and avoiding added sugars are the cornerstones of maintaining steady blood glucose levels and achieving optimal metabolic health. So I completely agree with everything they're talking about in this article. The foods in this list probably make up 90 to 95% of what I eat, for example. Um, I do eat some chicken, which I don't think we saw on this list, but most of what I eat is from the recommendations here. Sometimes I do eat things like sweet potatoes and things like that, which are starchier and can spike your glucose levels, but it's okay. And it's okay to eat some things every now and then, which aren't on this list or that do spike your glucose levels, but do it in moderation and do it once in a while rather than every day or every week. So I hope you got some good ideas from this episode today. I really enjoyed going through this article. And if you enjoyed it, think about one friend that you can share this episode with that it will help them in their life and help them to get more energy in their life or reach their wellness goals. So I'll leave you with that. And I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday on the Find Your Nutrition podcast. See you then.